Welcome to a Shot in the Arm podcast. I'm Ben Plumley, and we're on the road with the Global Listening Project here in Nairobi, Kenya. And we're in the offices of Shoe Jazz. Shoe Jazz is a great partner to a Shot in the Arm podcast. We'll hear a bit more about why we're here in a minute. But podcasts, the power of podcasts. Are they giving storytelling a new lease of life? Or are we just creating more digital noise to confuse and bore people? I'm thinking of 1981, August 1981, when MTV kicked off. And the very first video they played was from a band, a British band, called The Buggles. And their track, Video Killed the Radio Star, possibly a very deliberate, unsubtle statement about how they hoped that cable TV would replace and make obsolete radio. Well, here we are in 2023, and digital media has offered the world, and in particular, people like me, content creators like me, who wouldn't have another opportunity or vehicle to communicate, well, it's given us a vehicle to tell our stories. And that's been particularly important, I think, in the field of global health. But there are other very many important stories that have been told. And in this episode... And I can't think of a better place to do this than in Nairobi, given the vitality and creativity in the digital sphere that's happening here. We're going to explore this renaissance in digital storytelling. And I'm joined by two fellow podcasters and two exceptional leaders in their own fields. First up, we have Nia Mona Muchemi. She's the head of partnerships at ShuJazz. And she is the host of a really incredible podcast that makes Empire look like, I don't know what, second rate, certainly. <laughs> the podcast is called Afriwetu. And Nia, welcome to A Shot in the Arm. Thank you. Wow, I do love Empire. I just need to say that. But, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you very much, Ben. <laughs> I suppose I should ask, first yes. of all, why am I wearing a shoe jazz t-shirt? Um, what is shoe jazz? So you're wearing a t-shirt. We're actually both wearing t-shirts saying Mimini Shuja. So Shuja in Swahili is a hero. And Mimini Shuja means basically, for those who understand Swahili, I am a hero. So the reason why you're wearing it is because you are a hero. And you've very graciously come to Nairobi um, helping us pull together sort of like a workshop with 20 young adults, young Kenyans, and we'd been talking to them about content creation, and which is very close to my heart because it's content creation, but from their perspective. So giving them skills and tips as into how to best create content. And we were training them in terms of how to shoot, how to create engagement, how to create content, how to be slick, how to be quick. And we had our wonderful team who are in there debriefing, um, who led them on this because Shujaz, we are a media for social change uh, corporation. I know we have. We have I need to so for those that. of us who are listening to the podcast, which is the bulk of the audience, yes, I'm I holding up one of the graphic magazines. No, that's not. That's a really unfortunate way of describing it. A graphic magazine, a comic. <laughs> A comic that she just yes, produces. Yes, 15 to 24-year-olds. That's our target market. So yeah, a comic, comic, to be clear, a comic. Um, and so we actually started out with a radio show. That's why I was laughing when you're talking about, you know, TV. Was it TV? Killed? Video, Video Killed the Radio. Killed the radio. Yeah. So we started out as a radio show um, with DJ B, who sort of like, it's like an underground DJ, and he's talking to young people 
talking about, you know, the things that affect them and impact them. It then went into a comic, which was uh, distributed across the country. Mm-hmm. So we, and, and that's been like, what, this we're 13 years ago. And now we're moving into sort of like the digital space. So we've been on digital, but now being really intentional about capturing the digital audience, because that is where a lot of things are moving. However, we still have our comic because that really caters to our sort of like 15 to 17 year olds in terms of access to digital is is not as easy across the country because we are nationwide so and we all love comics we really love comics we really do i'm a marvel and dc comics okay that's 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 enough that's enough (laughs) i'm a jazz comic that's right and and we're also joined (laughs) yeah by friend of the podcast He's an MC, he's an actor, he's a singer, he's a personality, but he's also host of Unlock Your Soul. It's yeah. Antonio Soul. Yay. Anto, welcome back. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. So how is the podcast going? It's been great. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, I don't have to be policed by, because <laughs> for someone who's worked on radio, I don't have to be policed based off of time. You know, you only have 30 minutes with, with Nick Motoma. So, you know, get over and done with it, you know. I could, I could have him for one and a half hours and we could have conversations around what makes him who he is, what his journey is all about, without feeling like there's a specific editorial policy that I have to follow. So that's very important for me. Yeah, yeah, well, it's brilliant to have you back, and and you know, and and, and a, a a plug for unlock your soul, but yeah. also that we should do a detailed double act, as it were, exactly uh, for a shot in the arm. A collabo, and unlock your, a collabo. This, this is yeah. where the social media is. We have to collabo now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, but I didn't want to lose Afriwetu, and uh, I mean, I I think it is a earth shattering, groundbreaking podcast. Do you want to tell us a bit about? what it is and why you're so passionate about it. Afriwetu is a platform that celebrates pre-colonial African history. Mm. And my focus is very much across the continent. So it's not a Kenyan podcast. It's not a Tanzanian podcast. It's a pan-African podcast. Um, And the reason for it is that I believe that our stories are told by other people constantly and always and when your story is told by somebody else then literally they have the narrative and they can twist it to whatever they want Mm. but when it's told by somebody who is who's affected who's a descendant of these wonderful ancestors in fact when i say wonderful i mean the good the bad the very ugly when you're a descendant there's a nuance that you bring to it there's a nuance there's an understanding there's a way in which i speak about my ancestors that can never be spoken about by anybody else. So I'm really passionate about bringing that to the fore. So what I did was, it's basically, I tell people like, I'm teaching you history, but being clever about it, Mm. um, or rather being sly about it by making it entertaining. So I do the research, I do the notes, and then I write a script and basically take you through a journey of meeting the ancestors. I can't can't wait to listen to your podcast. (laughs) I was like, you should have. so necessary. Yeah, you should have listened. You (laughs) should have subscribed already. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, right I'll now, now. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it happen. See, that is sort of what I've been trying to do with a shot in the arm, but to try and make global health and the equity and the innovation mm. challenges real and to find ways of not browbeating people, but giving space for people to tell their stories. Mm. But first question up for both of you, do you think that we are witnessing a renaissance in storytelling through digital and social media? 
Yeah, we are because I feel now that, you know, I mean, we have podcasts that have kids as the hosts. So kids are able to tell their own stories. Um, you know, we have podcasts where it's just women being vulnerable and being honest and open about themselves and owning their bodies and having those conversations. So there is a re renaissance, you know, of sorts. But for me, on the flip side, to be the devil's advocate, there's also a lot of noise, <sighs> to be honest, that you have to really cut through. Because I have to hear about Afriwetu through uh, sitting like this for me to be like, I want to listen to that, you know? Um, there are podcasts that I love that are not necessarily Kenyan or African stuff like, you know, Sheets and Gigs. I really, really love that podcast. I love I Said What I Said uh, by Jola, um, you know, and her co-host in from Nigeria. But also there are podcasts that people who have a platform who are genuinely making noise. I'm not a huge fan of banter. And I mean, having small talk for an hour, that's another thing. Oh, what I had for lunch. <laughs> and then what I'm planning to have for dinner. I mean, come on. So people will sit and they'll be having conversations <laughs> and they're talking about, oh, so let's talk about Kevin Samuels. And then before they, they, they flip the coin and they're talking about the president. And before you realize, oh, have you seen what's trending? So for me, I love structure. And I feel that as Africans and people who we are the original storytellers. Yeah. So, you know, we probably didn't have the books or the whatever, but we have the hieroglyphics to tell, you know, so we are the OG storytellers. I feel we have to be more structured about how we tell our stories. I don't have to also, again, police how we do it, but I feel we have to own this space so that when people think about African podcasts, they think about Afiwetu and how our stories are being told and how our history is being represented now. And when they think about Unlock Your Soul, they think about how our future is mm -hmm. being created now through the, the present and telling those stories. So the, 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 the rebirth is there and, and it's more of like owning our space, mm -hmm. but we also have to be intentional about what we want to be had and said in these spaces. And I don't believe banter podcasts is the way to go. And that's just my take. But I think uh, the podcasts that you both produce yeah. are highly structured, are highly mm. intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And, and something I certainly aspire to. But, but Nia, is this a renaissance or is this just a continuation of um, a heritage? So that, that's what I'm struggling with. So in my mind, storytelling has been in our blood yeah. for centuries. So the question is maybe not so much that is it a renaissance, but is it just we're starting to really unearth mm. what has always been there? Because mm. I, I feel as if anybody who does it, okay, let's put it this way as well. I think that we, we're also in danger of creating podcasts as a very niche place. Yeah. Whereas I'm sure when TV started, when TV series started, I mean, nobody ever complained about how many crime TV dramas there were. Yeah, <laughs> they were everywhere. The good, the bad, and the really horrible. Yeah. Um, but they were produced and yeah. people were funding them and making money. Yeah. So maybe we also need to give space when it comes to podcasts, instead of treating it extremely niche, yeah. because then that kind of excludes a lot of people. And the whole point of podcasting is about storytelling, for example, and maybe make it the norm. So when you make something the norm, yeah. then people start funding it. I really and sincerely hope Afriwetu does not remain the sole one in this space telling mm, these stories. Mm. I want there to be a cacophony. Yeah. Like I want there to be noise yeah. about African history. Yeah. Yeah. And the only reason I want that is that because, and this is no shade, but shade, how many versions of Julius Caesar can we see with 
which are being funded. Yeah. High value production type things yeah. of Julius Caesar, which are being funded. We need the same kind of noise to be made. Exactly. So that when they think of African stories and African yeah. podcasts, yeah. they're like, yeah, we'll fund that because it's going to make us money. Fact. Yeah, well, when, that's when, what it when you also think about marketing, I mean, one of the greatest tools of marketing is finding an enemy. And that's one of the things that I learned. And the enemy here, apart from poverty, the enemy here is mainstream media. Uh, I'm going to say it very bluntly. And the reason I say that is because the only way that we can be able to get that money away from TV and radio and, you know, all those platforms and film is to have, you know, a plethora of when you look left, right, you just see a new podcast, a schools having podcasts, universities having podcasts, having four versions of Shuja's podcast. One for kids, mm -hmm. one for boys, one for girls, one for parents who want to understand these Shuja's. Yeah. You know, and one for the guys who work there, you know, the employees of Shuja's. So we really have to tell these stories in our own unique way, but we have to open the space that everybody can be able to tell these stories. I think that's important. And here's the rub, right? Because we want to have space for people to tell their stories, yes. but we don't want them either telling the stories to themselves or to their community or yeah. to their network. Ultimately, we want to get this out to a broader audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. again, this is why Afriwetu is so important. And I'm looking at it from a family of ex, well, a family of, we'll say, ex-convicts, which wouldn't be inaccurate. <laughs> but... Um, Okay. A family <laughs> something of, you want to share. <laughs> yeah, precisely. Um, you know, a colonial family. Yes. And, and so uh, as we were preparing for this podcast, I was talking about the need for a reckoning to happen, particularly in the United Kingdom, as it hasn't understood its heritage of, of uh, the damage, the absolutely appalling damage to the world that empire caused. Um, and yet, so I see Afriwetu as an example of something that should, you know, it should be in the top five podcasts, Apple yeah. podcasts in the UK. So how do we get there? So where our ancestors were was oral storytelling. And then they used to, as you said, the hieroglyphics, but even in somewhere like in Aksum, where they yeah. actually used to carve into, into rocks, where you have Benin where they, and the Edo, where they used to carve into tusks, mm, mm. things like that. So... The digital space for me is not so much disruptive as it is enhancing mm. right. what that storytelling should be. Mm -hmm. So then the question is, what is the investment in something like podcast? Because when you think about, I don't even want to say his name, but when you think about the big podcast that got a big deal, yeah. I'm like, really? That's yeah. that's that's yeah. that's where yeah. the money's gone? Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? What about all these other fantastic things? But again, if we stop treating it like niche and we start treating like this is actually the only way you're going to get yeah. stories out there. Yeah. This is what people are listening to. I mean, if you look at the, if you just look at how many people listen to podcasts in itself, you're like, wow. Yeah. Mm. Just, yeah. just looking at that as a marketing, yeah. as just as marketing, it's yeah. like, this is how many people you have a captive audience. Because to listen to a podcast, you take an active decision to listen. Mm -hmm. You actually have to say, I'm pressing play and I'm listening to it. It's not sort of like a background thing. It's a very conscious decision. Yeah. So that means you already have a captive audience who are already invested. So yeah. it's it's how do you tap into the, that? Yeah, yeah there, there also needs to be a lot of, um, I feel, education in terms of corporates. And, and this will be something that, you know, for someone who's maybe in marketing and who's thinking of how do you give uh, credit to your clients and offers to your clients and say that, you know, uh, get onto the podcasting platform. Because when you think about even advertising in podcasts, 
it's the best way because the advertisements stay on there forever as long as we want. So whether you want even and even the, the, the power that you can be able to place adverts even after uh, that you've recorded a podcast, the pre-rolls and mid-rolls and all that stuff. So there is an opportunity for guys to say we can spend our money in podcasts because it is the value is greater there. So we must also open our eyes to the opportunities that podcasts do offer. So rather than crying, oh, you know, support us. We're saying, no, we're a formidable force. This is the future. And and again, you cannot deny that the future is podcasting. Okay. Well, uh, and thank you for letting me. <laughs> thank you for letting me say something. <laughs> so, so podcasts is a force for good, but podcasts are a digital medium more broadly is, as we've seen coming out of COVID, a force for. Um, you know, foolishness for yes. <laughs> confusion. And you mentioned a certain podcaster who made a huge fortune on a certain platform yeah. Yeah. with a lot of controversy that yes. really wasn't helpful. Yes. So how do we manage that controversy? So I think it's the same way in which we look at what happens when you look at TV shows. It's almost like we, we need to... Again, going back, I know I keep repeating this, but the niching of it. Yeah. So if indeed it is that you tell the best stories. So now the, the danger of that is some people tell a really great storytellers telling all the rubbish and the yeah. stupidity that there is. Then there are others who do the opposite. Now it's a matter of, I think it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm not keen on censorship in a sense whereby it then becomes only X because then we lead into the world of propaganda yeah. and et cetera. But unfortunately, um, it would be a matter of how much money do we plug into this? How much are we going to market it? How much are we going to get from it? What is going to be the social good, but also what's going to be the capital gain? Because yeah. if we're frank, if we're looking at whatever organization, they're going to be like, what is the money that I'm going to make mm. out of this, right? Mm. So that's why that certain podcaster got it, because the reach. So both of you have come back to money. And yet both of your podcasts, mm. I don't think are about money. No. And so the question I think that I have for you both is, you know, you're not doing this to do a podcast for podcasting's sake. No. You are there. You're on a mission to change the yeah. world. Mm -hmm. So how? What, what made you think that podcasts were a way for you to do this and so, that you've stuck at it? Yeah. So for me, when I started to the podcast, I never did it looking for money. And you're right. Um what I did it is because I just thought to myself and I looked at the situation and I was like, our people make, have, have a view of themselves that they are less than. And because they've been told over time that they're less than, they're told that civilization came with colonization. Mm. They're told that the way in which the world works today is because you're in it and you're mm. winning if you follow a particular standard, which is the Western standard. Mm. They're told that your, your hair I wear my hair natural. Your hair needs to be straight in order yeah. for you to be corporate. Yeah. They're told all of these things about their identity that goes to a very deep root. For me, I am the child, the first generation, and I'm sure it's the same for you, yeah. of 
our parents grew up during colonization. And so when you look at that, I just thought to myself, but this is not how our story started. Mm -hmm. Our story did not start in the 1800s. It wasn't a scramble for Africa. That's yeah. not when the story started. It wasn't then. It started way before then. So in my, in my, in my small little way, I think that by telling people, actually, you are better than what you've been told. Actually, you did have great civilizations. Actually, you, 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 you had ways in which you managed things that were better than they are now. Yeah. Actually, it's not about that, 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 that thing where you have the scarcity mentality, where we were told there's only room for one mm. African in this space. Yeah. And that is why we keep pulling each other down as opposed to, no, 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 no. There's room for at least at all of you to be there. But there's always been this thing like this, have this token black person, mm. to have this token African. Mm. And because we've been growing up with the view that there's this token black person, you're like, I want to be that black person. I want to be that African. I want to be that black African woman. So then what happens is it creates this sense of, okay, then there's no space for anybody else. So we're going to pull each other down. And that's why we get this big man, big mentality as opposed yeah. to the community. So when I looked at that and I looked at how it is that our societies are today and continue to be, I'm like, that's probably because you think that this is the best that you can be. Yeah. In fact, you're almost grateful for some of the mm. horrible politicians we have. You're almost happy when they give you 500 bob, or well, now in this economy, when they give you a G, yeah. when they give you 1,000 shillings, mm -hmm, yeah. and you're like, yeah, 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 that's my person. It's like, actually, no. Why? Why, yeah. why should 1,000 be enough for you? Yeah. And I was like, and I think that it comes from a deep sense of just being appreciative of idiocy and yeah. rubbish that's thrown to yeah. us. So I was like, there needs to be a sense of pride Built So I have a sense of pride of my heritage. Yeah. I'm very proud of my heritage. And because I'm proud of my heritage, I'm like, nobody's going to tell me, can I swear on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. Okay, yeah. Nobody's going to tell me shit. Yeah. Like, no, you're not going to come <laughs> and tell me and lie to me about how, oh, you should be grateful. I was like, no, 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 no. I earned this. I should be here. And guess what? I'm going to bring all my sisters and brothers with me. That's, yeah. that's, so that's why I did this podcast. Because I was like, there's just this lack of real depth of understanding that you came from wonderful, creative, intelligent, scientific humans yeah. before there was, I call it this major disruption and interruption in our lives. Yeah. For me, I mean, for someone who, who's told stories and who's worked in the media space for over a decade, I always battled with with a lot of mediocrity and um, mm. and just you know whitewashing and and just wishy washy conversation. I mean, so I never hosted a breakfast show and I never wanted to because I there's no way I was gonna wake up at four a.m. for shareholders. That's not gonna happen. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, I probably do. I probably only did late night show and drive. And my biggest issue was. The, the reason why breakfast shows in Kenya are big is because, uh, and I was talking to Prima about it, is because they demean women on, on Kenyan radio. If you want to have a hit show, if you want to have a radio show in Kenya that will make waves, number one rule is demean women. Mm. So I had a, because I come from a family of very powerful women. Eish, my mom... <laughs> you know, teaching for over 25 years and running her own school, you know, a multi-million venture, having my grandmother from my mom's side who sold alcohol to raise 
um, her children and danced for presidents to be able to get a plot of land back to herself. So I come from a heritage of very strong women. And I had a huge problem with the fact that every conversation had to be around sex and relationships, but also it came back to, but you see women, you know, women, when you're married, they have sex like this. They're lazy in bed. That was always a conversation. Yeah. And for the life of me, and, and I'm not saying this because, because we're here, but for someone who did a show like Sugar, it, it really was like, I was feeling like this can't, I, this can't be my history. This cannot be my story. I cannot be reduced to these kind of conversations. So I said, um, and, and then also, to be honest, let me also be a bit personal. I was making enough money for my radio show with being different and being intentional. And the reason why people loved coming to my radio show is because of the way I told stories and the way I interviewed them. So I consider myself a king of interviews. So anybody who came to my show from Nigeria, from South Africa, from Tanzania, they're like, well, I want to be on Anto's show. But the thing is, a general policy, again, you will be policed. Everything you do is policed. Let's see the script. How long are they on, on air? Sometimes they'll even send you a text. Okay, now it's, you're done with Ben. Now it's, it's, let, let them go. If I want to have a conversation like this about Shujaz and what young people are doing and what young people need to know, the first thing that media will ask you is, so are they bringing any money? Mm. But I'm thinking, but if you don't have Shujaz on my show, it means you don't have young people. So let's have the young people first and then let's anybody who wants to come after charge them. So I had a huge problem with that and just... That mediocrity for me was too much. So I decided, you know what, goodbye radio, and I'm going to create a platform for myself where I interview Kenyans and we peel back the mask and understand what is it about us and we scratch beneath the surface to find out what really makes us human, regardless of the money aspect first. And that's why for me, podcasting was the platform for me. Can I just add, add to that in terms of even why I chose podcasting yeah. is because... The reason I'm proud of my heritage is because of the stories told to me. So I thought to myself, then why the heck am I not telling yeah. stories as well? So, and podcasting, as you say, gives me that freedom. So one of the things which I said is, and this is going to sound completely counterintuitive to what I said earlier, is that I always said, I do not want any sponsorship for my podcast because it gives me the freedom to say what it is I please. Yeah. It gives me the freedom to go and create and be creative and come out with whatever comes out without having to think, oh, but you know, so-and-so sponsor because their brand is X, Y, Z. I was like, no, Afriwetu is a brand on its own. Yeah. And this is what it's going to stand for. So yeah. if you want to come on board, you can come to the other platforms, but the podcasting, I was like, that is pure storytelling. Yeah. That's it. The way I approached it, and I suppose this is being an old AIDS activist is that, <laughs> you know, receiving unrestricted um, contributions and educational grants and being very transparent about, mm -hmm. you know, who funds you. But ultimately, the control rests with the story, with mm. the conversation. Mm. And I tried, and I'm on a journey. I haven't, I haven't resolved it at all in my mind. But I, I came to this sort of 2016, 2017, there were two podcasts I listened to a lot. One was Romaniacs in the UK, which was um, a very uh, centrist and vibrant opposition to Britain's departure from the European Union, an issue I remain hugely passionate about to this day. The other was Pod Save America and the whole uh, emergence of podcasting that came out of the former Obama administration. And maybe this is 
this is a bit too much of a an indication of of how perhaps not serious I am. I was listening to podcasts while I folded laundry, and that was what drove me. And I thought, well, you know, I would love to hear something about global health, and I couldn't find anything mm. that spoke to me. So I started it, and and a, a, another aspect, which is why it's so important to have you both on here and educating me, um, is that. I had known for a while that I was really unhappy with the narratives coming from global health. Yeah. You know, the the white saviors, the men, sometimes women in white coats, coming to Africa with a few leftover pills or a few leftover vials of vaccine and saying, right, here you are, it's your turn. Yeah. And look how wonderful I am. Yeah. And, and so I've been struggling to try and, one, make a space for others to tell that story, mm, mm. but also to put the lens of someone who is very aware of their um, colonial history mm. to say, this is not okay. We have to start changing this. We have to have a reckoning. And so that sort of gets us onto the sort of the, the, the final really key question about, okay, so we're passionate about this. We want to do this. How do we know if we're making any difference at all? <sighs> It's a very good question. Yeah, you've got to answer it. I asked it. I'll, I'll let you go first. Okay, I, I think for me, um, interactions, one of, the, one of the things about a podcast is that you, you, you don't stay online only. You really have to, for me, I believe in taking the structure and the idea that mainstream media has done to create who it is. And there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of experiential sort of activities mm -hmm. in terms of now taking this conversation to the people, whether it's friends or family or, or fans who love the podcast and having honest conversations about what, who I'm hosting, what we're talking about and having a lot of feedback. So again, it's using the digital tools that we have whether it's on Spotify in terms of the Q&As, whether it's through newsletters, whether it's through, you know, you know, just broadcast emails and WhatsApps and whatever, and having honest conversations about what I'm doing. And because at the end of the day for me, it's not a podcast for me. I'm, I'm, I'm literally the conveyor of the message. I'm, I'm the captain. I do love the content, but it's about the people. So if the people are feeling what I'm doing, that for me, it makes a lot of sense, but it's also targeted to people who want to better themselves, mm. want to have a clear understanding of who they want to be. So I feel like from an offline perspective, you will know if it's making sense for you. While on mainstream media, the only way to tell that you have impact is the profit and loss statement. So for me, it's rather than a profit and loss statement, it's more of uh, the impact statement that I get from people. I don't care if it's 250 people only who are downloading the podcast and who are making, you know, are fighting for me online and making the noise. That for me is important. But also sometimes the people who want to be on the podcast is a good indication of mm. you're making the right moves, mm. you know? And also I've been, been in these spaces, tells you that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. But I think the lesson that should be learned by anyone doing a podcast is consistency is very key. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for someone who's done radio every single day, I, I tell them that I was asking some of my friends, should I, my production team, should I have this podcast twice a week or like every day? And they're like, you day crazy, are you mad? <laughs> but I was like, I've done this every day of my life for 10 years. So this is normal. But consistency, consistency is key. The only way we can win the battle of wits 
is by consistently being witful. You oh, mean you mean regular, regular, mm-hmm. weekly, and not and keeping the ball going. So the I, podcast I, equivalent of eating your broccoli. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm be a vegan once a week. You know, just try. We cannot have a few way to just to give her pressure. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah we no have pressure. None. So, we have so many African countries, so many tribes, so many stories. You cannot tell me that by year four, she doesn't have stories. It's unfathomable. No, it's no. not possible. So she has to keep telling the stories. So how, how do you feel you are having impact? So I get a lot of input from listeners who kind of write in and go, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. I didn't know about mm. this. I didn't. And the, the thing is that weirdly enough, because it's a first time being on, on on camera it's very interesting because for the podcast I rely solely on my voice nothing else so I don't e- I don't even say my name mm. which is hilarious because my friends decide that they do so it's the conversations that we have on social media but what I really love as well is that when when I do a story about Nigeria or a, a, a kingdom in Nigeria like when I did um the Benin uh, Empire mm. is when you have the actual descendants write back and sort of like laugh and go, wow, wow what was that pronunciation? Wow. But it also means that, <laughs> but it also means that there's, there's a level of engagement where they're comfortable mm. to kind of go, you know what, my sis, we got you. This yeah. is how you pronounce it properly. Yeah. I had, I think one of the most beautiful things is when I have people come back and say, I, I, I did a story on Siokimau and Actual Kambas did not know that Siokima was a real live woman. No. They knew about the area. They knew about the train station. They've seen her bronze statue, yeah. but they didn't connect. So that's that's when I know mm. I'm having an impact. And what I said when I started out is like, I'm just telling these stories because I have to, like something in me is just like, I have to. I was never looking, and this is going to sound crazy, I was never looking for reach I was always looking for engagement. Mm. I was always looking for people to kind of come and say, I know that story, but this is how I know it. So, and that's why I always, I always do a call out in my, in all my episodes saying the descendants from this place, please tell me about the pronunciation. Tell me if this is a version, you know, tell me this. And you find people do come back because they're like, you're telling my story and you're telling it in such a way, understanding the nuance of our Africanness that, that which, and I'm sorry to be so sort of like, what's called generic in terms of saying Africanness, but that's how I know because Mm -hmm. I, I get that. And the funniest thing is, and I, I know Ben was probably heading towards here, but the funniest thing is like by just being authentic and making the mistakes and being very vulnerable and open about them is I I got the reach without without looking for it. Mm. Cause after four years, I promise I have like 70 plus episodes. Okay. (laughs) And it is consistency because I do it every, there's two episodes every month between February and November. So there's always, love it. and I have, I have data and research that will last another 10 years Mm. easy. Yeah. Um, And that is still on twice, twice monthly. But what happened is, is, um, Afriwetu became so like top 10% of podcasts mm. globally. Yeah. Mm. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But I th- and I attribute that to the ancestors, to God, Yeah. but really to just the authenticity. Like when yeah. I make the mistakes, I like one of the things we agreed with my producer is he's never going to make me sound polished. Yeah. He's always going to keep in the mistakes. Any of the, stu- unless it's inaudible, he's like, any mistake you make, I will keep it in. And I was like, fantastic. Perfect. If, if the British yeah. decides to 
to draw lines again all over Africa. <laughs> They won't be like, oh, we didn't have our stories. No, the stories are there. Listen to our podcast. Yeah. Why is that drawing? <laughs> Splitting well, uh, well, Kenya into three. Well, hopefully <laughs> it won't be the British anymore. Oh, God. They, we, got everything a, we blame the British. I mean, let's just go there. But now, let's, yeah. one last question for you both. <laughs> yes. Possibly the most controversial question of all, kept to the end of the podcast. Of course. Instagram or TikTok. <laughs> IG all the way and I'll tell you why <laughs> can I can I can I can I uh, this is after you had a oh TikTok uh, uh, I know right no but here's here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing you know because I, I studied law for my sins so I, I I have backup when I'm telling stories about African history I don't think that for the format and the and the depth of the story 30 to 60 seconds is not going to really do it, at least for me. For Instagram, I have more time, more space, more everything. In, and so, so for me, TikTok is wonderful as a particular tool, maybe as a teaser, but not as an informative Mm. thing that's that's mm. why and to, for me both i'll say both because it can't be both that's a I'll, I'll explain why i'll yes. explain why <laughs> instagram because it allows me to have actually for me it's the other way around really? instagram allows me to have those cliffhangers so it's like oh i want to i want to i want to get more but you see instagram allows you know the whole you know tag collaborating with uh yeah. Yes. So Instagram is good for that. You can collaborate with a with a guest because mm -hmm. I have guests, so I'm able to collaborate with them. Uh, so I can also get their reach. I can get their fans, and you know. Then also now there's a new feature today that I just saw that you can actually have people order, literally from the post itself. So okay. whether you have like an offline event, you can actually tell guys, yeah, the offline event is gonna be worth five hundred bob, and they can order directly from. I'm waiting for the TikTok story. So <laughs> TikTok, I'll tell you why. <laughs> right. Then also, I mean, the links and all those things, Instagram can allow you to do so much. So I use that a lot for that. Um, and the captioning nowadays, TikTok is because for the first time ever, for someone who I feel old when I talk about TikTok, because I was invited to be part of a live and we had all these conversations and whatever. And at the end of the live, you know, you're put on the big screen. And when you're put on the big screen, people can give you gifts. In fact, <laughs> wait, so hang on. So, so it, it all yes. comes so back. It's so, yeah. so, so, so hold up. I knew these things were important. <laughs> when, a, when a kid from my mom's school told me one time I was on, on TikTok and I was doing a TikTok live. And they told me, why do you keep telling everybody? This is a kid in grade six. Stop telling guys, oh, my name is Antonio. So follow me. Tell them tap, 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 tap. Because that's where all the gifts are coming from. So that one day. After 24 hours, because I could be able to check, I mean, it was, a, it was a podcast forum about what we're doing and sell yourself and whatever. I made 41,000 Kenya shillings by just saying, oh, guys, I'm going to host Mona. I'm going to with Ben. So I realized there's a balance here, guys. So really, it came down to money. It, it just came, came, down also, came down to money. I don't know if you've done a story and on people from my way, tribe. Money is very important. <laughs> and too. <laughs> if you if you got forty odd thousand shillings from saying that we were on a 
you were going to be on a show with us. Yeah. We need a cut of that. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I was just, uh, that was an example. Oh, you, are not, you are not. <laughs> oh, right. So now I took my production team and told them, guys, I made money on TikTok because I didn't know you. You checked it 24 hours later and did the whole PayPal thing and I made a clean 41,000. I was like, guys, let's go and eat Nyamachoma okay, because this is our... what he's saying. Know what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Point <laughs> here is... There is a point. Point here yeah, is, I'm waiting is that balance our edge <laughs> with Instagram. Oh, I can only post. I can only do this. And then find a way to be rich through these young people. There we are. That's the point. Although he said, which do you prefer? Not that it's not a zero. By the way, if okay, there are ladies I in the house, Instagram, men like my zero sum games. Based on my Afriwetu story, my ancestors would be very livid if they saw me leaving money on the table. Well, like, can we, I, can we I, died. I, we were killed by the gulag. Anton, so you could leave cowrie shells. Can I go back to... No, it's not a, a zero sum game. Hang on a minute. Uh, yes. All those cowrie shells not on TikTok. A, not Neither a zero sum of game. you <laughs> are interested in what I think. I was about to come there, yeah. but first I wanted to tell him, not a zero-sum game. Not zero-sum game, the, no, I the, agree with you. Yeah, the, the question you asked was, which do you prefer? Not which would you kill? Anyway, now anyway, that being said, Thank ben, you, thank Instagram you. Instagram or TikTok? Well, thank you. I have to say- <laughs> Yeah, by the way. Why is, have you added? I'm no, just asking. Like, yeah, yeah. uh-huh. Who is hosting this? <laughs> you. You. Suja. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Instagram, but my co-host, Waisha Raphael is the TikTok lady of a shot oh, in the okay. yeah. So there we are. Because she knows where the money is, man. She's yeah. smart. Yeah. yeah so smart. with that, let's draw this conversation to a close before yep. we descend into uh, any more chaos. This has been huge fun and really insightful yeah. for me. Um, a huge shout out to Afri Wetu. Thank you. A huge shout out to Unlock Your Soul. Yeah. Um, subscribers and listeners and viewers of A Shot in the Arm, if you haven't subscribed to these two podcasts, please do so. Yeah. Thank you both very much for being on the show. And I look forward to staying in touch with you over the coming year. Yeah. And a huge shout out to you for, out. for this platform. I and mean, this is what we need, the collabos. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank no, you. And actually any listeners of AfriWet who are going to listen to this, yeah. please, please, please check out. A Shot in the Arm podcast. A Shot in the Arm. See, oh, sorry. Yes, of course. It's visual. A Shot in the Arm yeah. podcast with Ben Plumley. But what if they fear needles? <laughs> why, why have you gone there? Uh, just, are we done now? If you answer me, you're falling for my trap. So just... <laughs> so, with that, let me say a huge thank you. And please do be quiet now. To Antonio Sol, my brother. And to Nia Mona Muchemi. Um to Shoe Jazz for an incredible few days that we've had here. Thank you also to Nick Matuma and the team from Giraffe for putting up with us and making hopefully some sense of this podcast. Thank you to our executive producer back in California, Eric Espera of Newsdoc Media. Um, and a final thanks to you. Again, subscribe, give us five stars. And have a great week and a safe week, everyone.